Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham, your Super Bowl winning armchair quarterback in politics, local, state, and national. Glad to be with y'all today here on this beautiful upper 70s afternoon, clear, sunshine-filled skies, and just a perfect day to be outside doing something or other. But if you happen to be stuck in a car, picking your kid up from school, happen to be stuck in an office, still working, that's fine because I'm with you. I get to see out the window of this studio, but I do not. One day, maybe if there, if we get more beautiful days like this, I'm going to insist on a remote setup right outside the the, the front here, and we just do you know, pull up radio show. You want to you want to come listen live? You could. We we can maybe set that up someday. I'm still a little nervous about what people are listening because. Uh, you know, brand new show. Not sure what our audience is yet. 232-1542 if you want to be an active part of that audience and taking part in the show. As much as I don't like to talk about him, though, I have talked about him a decent bit, but I don't like to talk about Bill Cassidy all that much. However, he's made the news, and we do need to discuss, because it is actually a pretty important state and national story. Punchbowl News reported yesterday that Bill Cassidy is raising money for a congressional candidate in Georgia. Now, this congressional candidate, Jennifer Strahan, is running against Marjorie Taylor Greene. Full disclosure, I'm not a fan of Marjorie Taylor Greene, and Strahan, unprompted, reached out to me several weeks back, and we have had some conversations, and I have talked to her about the issues, about why she's running in the race and everything like that, and I'm not directly opposed to... Strahan's candidacy. I'm not a fan of Marjorie Taylor Greene because while, as Scott McKay points out of the Hayride, Greene has a 100% voting record with the American Conservative Union and Greene votes conservative on every issue, I've maintained for years now that character does matter. And Marjorie Taylor Greene has a problem keeping some of her inside thoughts on the inside. She says things that are frankly crazy, and she believes in some really kind of weird conspiracy theories. However, folks like McKay at the Hayride are pretty upset with Cassidy for now helping to fund candidates against Republican incumbents. I am a Strahan fan. I would prefer to see Strahan in that seat than Marjorie Taylor Greene. There are a lot of people in Georgia, no, they're not never Trumpers, no, they're not rhinos. They want to see somebody beat Marjorie Taylor Greene. She sucks up a lot of the air out of the room as far as Georgia Republicans are concerned. They want somebody who is a little bit better. Strahan is actually pretty pro-Trump, has a very, very strong conservative bent, and is a businesswoman. However, that's in a congressional district, not even in this state, you know, much less anywhere near local. So this isn't about endorsing Jennifer Strahan. This is about Bill Cassidy. I, for one, am angry that Cassidy would dare to do something that I actually agree with because I don't want to agree with Bill Cassidy on things because he has really turned his eye away from what the people of his state wants. However, this is actually a good thing. Whether you support Marjorie Taylor Greene or not, there is something that Republicans really need to do a whole lot better. And that is policing our own side. 
And it's not just we need to get rid of the swamp. We just need to get rid of the rhinos and everything. We need to pay attention to what Republican members are doing. Forget Marjorie Taylor Greene, for example. Let's look at something else. Let's look at potential next Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy. And it actually makes me throw up a little in the back of my mouth to say that phrase. I mean, we know he's going to be the next Speaker of the House. How do we know that? The Republicans, the House Republicans have confirmed to Fox News and other uh, outlets that in a closed-door meeting, after he explained away the audio that's come out of him and the things he said after January 6th, um, that House Republicans gave him a standing ovation. I'm going to tell you guys a story. If you've, you may not read Red State much. I encourage you to read Red State. I write there. But you may not read Red State much. But early on in the Trump administration, there was a, a mass, um, there, there was a mass turnover at Red State, and a lot of folks were let go. A lot of the speculation is because a lot of those voices were anti-Trump, and it was a corporate office trying to manage and manage everybody back into um, into order, into lockstep with the Republican Party. I can confirm to you that that's not entirely the case because they kept me around. I am a Trump critic. Um, I believe in calling balls and strikes. If Trump did something I didn't like, I said so. If he did something I like, I'd say so. Uh, but there were times, plenty of times, when I was very critical of Trump. But I was able to stick around. I actually led Red State as its managing editor there for a while afterwards. But another reason that this allegedly happened, and I've, I've gotten this from multiple sources, and I probably shouldn't be saying this because Red State does employ me, but here we go. There was an op-ed. Um, it was an, a, a, an account, Red State Insider. And it published, we, we published a column that talked, that, that reminded everybody that while Kevin McCarthy was pushing for a leadership role with the Republican Party, it was reminding that Kevin McCarthy was caught in an affair with former GOP Congresswoman woman Renee Elmers. And Elmers lost her job because of it. McCarthy kept his. McCarthy isn't a conservative. He is an opportunist Republican, and he used his power to force not just Red State, but other outlets several times. His office will reach out and demand that you retract something or they will push for a writer to be punished if they dare to write something critical of McCarthy. He runs a very tight ship. He sticks his finger up to see which way the winds are blowing, and he does his best to get out in front of the trends. I'm not a fan of McCarthy. Much like I'm not a fan of Marjorie Taylor Greene for different reasons. But the Republicans need to do better at choosing who they're letting into their camp. Republicans in the House, after McCarthy explained away the, the leaked audio. Now remember, the New York Times published audio from a January 10th meeting of Republican leadership in which McCarthy expressed concern that Matt Gates and Mo Brooks were endangering the security of other lawmakers in the Capitol complex in the wake of January 6th. And McCarthy even suggested in this audio that he would call on Trump to resign after what happened on January 6th. But he never did. In fact, not too long after that, McCarthy was photographed at Mar-a-Lago shaking Trump's hand. 
McCarthy weighed the pros and cons and, and thought which was going to be better for his seat of power. More on this when we take this, after we take this break, 232-1542, if you want to call in here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5, KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5, KPL. So the Republicans, getting back to the point, Republicans need to do a better job of policing their own. That's what Bill Cassidy is doing by raising money for Jennifer Strahan. Jennifer Strahan, running for Congress in Georgia, is not anti-Trump. She's not a never-Trumper. She, she wouldn't vote to impeach Trump like Cassidy did. But I think it is an interesting play. I think Cassidy getting involved in these races shows that what, what we've all kind of suspected just, you know, he, he's been very misguided in his efforts. He, he wants to see what he believes is the, the right way of the Republican Party to be first and in, 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 at the forefront again. Like I said, I, I like Jennifer Strahan. I'm not a fan of Marjorie Taylor Greene. Marjorie Taylor Greene is just too out there for me. And if I lived in that district, I would be voting for Strahan. Greene has a fine voting record, but it's the stuff that she says outside of the actual congressional votes that causes me a lot of concern, to have a lot of concern. Marjorie... Marjorie Taylor Greene, though, is also at the forefront of one of the uh, strangest legal battles of any congressional figure right now. Uh, a, a judge actually allowed a 14th Amendment um, uh, lawsuit to go ahead. This would be uh, sec Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, which has to deal with insurrection and treason. The problem is th this this judge, who is an activist judge, uh, allowed the lawsuit to go forward. The lawsuit says, well, Marjorie Taylor Greene participated in this insurrection, therefore she should be thrown off the ballot in her congressional race. Well, that's not actually what the 13th, uh, what the 14th Amendment says in Section 3. And there is actually, it's very sparse, but there is case law going back to uh, the post-Civil War era when, you know, the article was passed. Uh, that actually explains, when the amendment was passed, it explains... Uh, what actually the system is. The 14th Amendment applies to an elected official who has been found guilty of treason or insurrection. Marjorie Taylor Greene has not been. So by legal precedent alone, by the precedent we have alone, we know that Marjorie Taylor Greene is not going to be tossed off the ballot for this. In fact, the, the activist judge is just going to do some summary findings and then give it to the Secretary of State of Georgia, and he's not going to do anything about it. Brad Raffensperger, who's not beloved by conservatives because of his behavior after, uh, during and after the election, uh, Raffensperger, nonetheless, is not going to get involved in this. He's going to let it, let it stand. And, you know, maybe somebody like Jennifer Strahan beats Marjorie Taylor Greene. I find it interesting that if you listen to some of the radio markets in Greene's district, she's running a lot of radio ads, which is not something you would really find at this point for somebody who is an incumbent in a conservative part of the state. I think that's fairly telling. But the Republicans are trying to find a way to police their own right now. Do we silence a Marjorie Taylor Greene? Do we get rid of a Marjorie Taylor Greene in favor of somebody like a Jennifer Strahan? Do we try to find more Trump-like Republicans to run? How do we police ourselves? Do we pick an ineffective adulterous speaker to lead the Republican Party against Joe Biden? 
McCarthy is probably the one guy in the Republican caucus who I think would be more ineffective than Joe Biden in any of these fights. But here we are. I'm not a fan of McCarthy. I would love to see Republicans actually police him because, by the way, the alleged the alleged uh, affair, you know, he, he had an affair with Renee Elmers or alleged is alleged to uh, that affair came out. It cost her her congressional seat in 2016. She's now running for that congressional seat again, right as McCarthy is set to become the speaker. What's more, in California, where McCarthy is from, he's putting his own people in charge of the California GOP. He's consolidating his power. He wants the power. He wants the na- he wants the notoriety. He wants all of that that comes with it, but he doesn't want to actually do the job of leading the Republicans. And that's where we are. I'm not a fan of McCarthy. I would rather Steve Scalise from Louisiana to lead the Republicans. Why? Because as much... Garbage, as the Democrats talk about uh, violent rhetoric and all the dangerous things Republicans do and say, there stands Steve Scalise, the victim of an attempted assassination by a Bernie Sanders supporter who believed Bernie Sanders and the rest of the Democratic Party when they said that the Republicans are the enemy and they're trying to destroy this country. So he took a gun to a baseball field and tried to assassinate Scalise and other Republicans. Steve Scalise, who is conservative, who has been a pretty good Republican in Congress, not the best, but has been pretty good, and is a victim of left-wing violence at a time when the Democrats are making sure everybody knows the Republicans are dangerous and they're passing misinformation and they're going to destroy democracy. Why would you want a guy who, who has never found a fence he couldn't sit on when you could have an actual victim of left-wing violence and staunch or conservative, why would you pick McCarthy over Scalise? But the Republicans are apparently going to do it. They gave him a standing ovation at a private meeting today when he was explaining away the leaked audio from the New York Times. So yeah, as much as I would like to see Marjorie Taylor Greene gone, and, and you know what, kudos to Bill Cassidy for, giving, for raising money for Jennifer Strahan. I want to see the Republican Party do more to police its own side. I would love to see the Republican Party do more to actually find ways to get good conservatives into leadership positions. Because right now we have too many people who are fence sitters like McCarthy and too many people who are still trying to be Donald Trump rather than be effective conservatives. That's where we are. The Republican Party is poised to win a massive, massive red tsunami tidal wave of an election in 2022. And they don't even know what they stand for right now. Because of ineffective leadership and crazy members and people who are thinking too much about themselves and their next job rather than thinking about doing the job of representing their people. We are in a state of confusion. I say we because I count myself as a conservative, and so therefore I agree with the Republicans most of the time. But the Republican Party is in a state of confusion right now. It has no idea who or what it wants to be. The Republican Party doesn't know what it wants to be when it grows up. Which is only 
a hair better than the Democratic Party, which refuses to grow up, which is now resorted once again to name calling, which is resorting to ad hominem attacks and false information attacks and whining and crying about things Republicans are successful at because they can't win elections. And the Republicans can, and they turn around and put somebody like Kevin McCarthy in charge. Hip, hip, hooray. Great work, Republicans. It's just disappointing. The Republican Party should do better. If you're going to be taking charge of a country, get it out of the hands of Joe Biden and the Democrats, and you're going to put ineffective and crazy people in charge. Way to go. 232-1542, if you want to join in the conversation. We'll be back with that and more here on The Joe Cunningham Show on News Talk 96.5 KPL. So I avoided talking about the Florida Disney thing. By the way, this is Joe Cunningham, the Joe Cunningham Show News, uh, News Talk 96.5 KPL. I've avoided talking about the Florida Disney thing because I have some, some pretty mixed thoughts about it. I, I kind of alluded to it yesterday. Several years ago, there was a Supreme Court case. It's the Masterpiece Cake case. And the Supreme Court did not, I think, make it. It, it gave us the ruling we wanted as conservatives, but it did not come to the right conclusion. Again, this was a this was a more this was a five four court. And the fifth was John Roberts, and he, like Kevin McCarthy, likes to to straddle the fence where he can. And the final ruling from the Supreme Court was that the problem with how the government of Colorado treated Masterpiece Cakes was that they very clearly stated in their, their logic and their rulings against Masterpiece Cakes um, that they were attacking him for his beliefs. They specifically said in their rhetoric that's why they were going after him, and that's what made it a First Amendment violation, which is actually far too narrow for what that should have been. It should have been straight. You went after this person because of their religious beliefs. This is wrong. You cannot do this. You cannot violate somebody's doctrine of vocation. But the Supreme Court didn't go that far. They just said because the government showed animus, particularly to the religion of the business owner, that was the First Amendment violation. Conservatives have been largely in support of the Supreme Court's Citizens United decision, which gives companies First Amendment rights, gives you know corporations, businesses, First Amendment rights, largely in support of it. Florida passes the Parental Rights and Education Act. Ron DeSantis signs the law and Disney comes out against it and says they will fight it. And Disney, although I disagree with them for it, they have that right. Under Citizens United, under the beliefs that we have as conservatives, Disney had that right. Disney also had a special taxing district, the Reedy Creek District, which is exempt from government taxation. It is owned by Disney. It is autonomous. And it's where Walt Disney World is. Walt Disney World generates a billion dollars in revenue, generates the most revenue of any Disney park. A billion dollars in revenue. So they can't just up and move out of Florida. They can't just tear that down and start over elsewhere. 
anybody on the left who claims they should does not understand business. And there's a lot of people on the left and in the media, people who are supposedly educated reporters and editors are saying that sort of thing. I'm opposed to what the Florida Republicans did, to be honest. I think that if you're going to punish a corporation for its First Amendment rights, that's a mistake. Do I disagree with the idea behind it? No, I don't. At some point, you do need to take the fight to the woke left that has captured the board of directors of major companies, and you do need to tell them, hey, you're going too far, and it's going to cost you. Florida could have done this at any point. In fact, they should. We should get rid of these special deals with big businesses. We should be more accommodating to small businesses and stop accommodating, overly accommodating the big businesses. But here we are. The way with which Florida went after Disney in this case, though, mirrors how the left and how the state of Colorado went after the Masterpiece Cake Shop. It mirrors it. And that's what concerns me. Um, a former colleague of mine, Sarah Rumpf, is at uh, Mediaite, which is a, a media reporting uh, organization. Uh, she used to work at Red State. She has, a, I won't go into the column, but another version of the Disney bill would have let DeSantis accomplish his political goals without trampling on free speech or the Florida economy. And Rump is a, a Republican, but, but she uh, very much is opposed to the Ron DeSantis style of politics, which are just an evolution of, of Trump politics, but more, uh, more aimed, more directed. And, and Rumpf is making an argument that you can do what needs to be done in, in which, you know, getting rid of the special status for these corporations without going after them because of their speech. At any other point, Florida Republicans could have taken on Disney in this fight. Now, actually, what's going to happen is this is going to get overturned in court, which I think the Republicans in Florida actually were anticipating. But they win a political fight. There's another part of this. The contract between the state of Florida and Disney also says that if the special district was ever uh, eradicated by law, that the Florida taxpayers would have to pay the remainder of the bond. And it's still a lot. So Florida, Florida taxpayers are currently uh, on the hook for a lot in order to pay off the bonds of this, this district. I don't think because legally, I, I think that there are some Supreme Court issues here. And ultimately, the law will get overturned and Florida Republicans will just kind of allow that to happen. But they won the political fight. Hopefully, this is a deterrence. Hopefully, this political fight, even if it doesn't stand up in court, and even if I don't agree with it, hopefully it is a deterrence to other left-leaning mobs running Fortune 500 companies from doing this. Because they have to know that there are repercussions to what they're doing. They have to know that there is a sentiment out there that is actually opposed to the crazy stuff they're pushing. Disney took the side against parents. A company that promotes programming for children and families took a stance against parental rights and education. Took a stance against the right of parents to challenge trans transgender indoctrination in schools. And Disney should have to suffer some consequences for that. Or at the very least, there should be a shot fired across the bow. 
that lets them know, hey, you're treading on thin ice and we're not afraid to fight over this. And maybe, just maybe that deterrent will work. But consider that the left has failed at the ballot box. Yeah, the left has a majority in the House and the Senate. And yes, they have the White House, but at, at razor thin margins. And their numbers are dropping by the day because they took it as a mandate that they were on the right side of history. When they really weren't. And now look at the poll numbers. And they're not winning at the election box. They're not winning the numbers that the Republicans have been winning by every time that the Democrats were in charge. When the Democrats are in charge, you saw massive waves of Republicans getting into office. When you saw Republicans in charge, you saw itty-bitty shifts in power. Because the Democrats get into power and they go too far left. Voters don't like being brow, uh, browbeat with ideology. They do not. That's why they are shifting away from the Democrats and back to the Republicans. That's why the spiking of the football, what the, what the Florida Republicans did, could backfire, but I don't think it will. But voters do not like to be browbeat. And that's what the Democrats have been doing. And the Republicans are now fighting back against the left and winning the favor of voters because they, the voters see that Republicans are trying to fight against the stuff that they're being browbeat by the Democrats. That's where we are right now. I don't agree with what Florida did. Yes, Republicans need to continue fighting. And Florida Republicans and Ron DeSantis, they are very good at fighting. I think they took it a little too far this time, but I can't blame them. Honestly, I can't blame them for it. It was a fight that needed to happen. The left has to be shown that the Republicans are capable and willing to fight on all fronts. On the social media front on the Fortune 500 company front and on the political front. And what we're seeing with the Elon Musk Twitter thing, even though he's not of the right, you know, Elon Musk calling for voices on the right to have a, a seat at the table is important. And Republicans are winning on that. To fight back against woke leftist corporations, their boards of directors, absolutely. And fighting back at the ballot box and winning. The left needs to see that they are losing on all these fronts. And so, yeah, the Florida Republicans needed to fight. I don't like the fight, but I understand it, and I do think it was necessary. 232-1542, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Moon Griffon has a speaking engagement next week. I want to talk about that and why that's important here in the state of Louisiana, right here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 if you want to call in and be part of the show. So the Hayride every now and then has these events across the state. They've actually stopped in Lafayette a few times. Uh, don't have any on the, uh, the current tour. Uh, the next event is actually next Wednesday night at the Renaissance Hotel in Baton Rouge. And you can go to the Hayride and find out how to order tickets if you want to go. Uh, the keynote speaker for that night had to back out. Unfortunately, there was a family emergency. Moon Griffon will be there. He will be speaking at this Hayride event. He will be at the podium. He will be, I'm sure, lighting some things on fire or some people in our state. State Representative Laurie uh, Schlegel, uh, Solicitor General Liz Murrell, 
Scott McKay, the publisher of The Hayride, all going to be there speaking at this event. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to go, unfortunately. I want to. I've been before. But I like to see this. For years, Louisiana conservatism has been disjointed. You had Moon Graffon, you had the Hayride, you had other Louisiana conservatives, but none of them ever really worked together. And it's not because of any of them, it's just that Louisiana conservatism has been very disjointed overall. It all it you know it goes back pretty far. When when you saw a lot of Repu- a lot of Democrats switch to Republicans in order to make sure they got reelected into the legislature, you, you noticed it a lot. What people thought were conservatives were actually just Democrats in Republican clothing, and so conservatism in the state actually suffered a good bit. And there was no unity in the party. There still is a lot of uh, a lot of party disunity where conservatism and republicanism is concerned because you still have a lot of people who are more interested in the power and the name and the elected office than they are the actual conservative nature of the state. But when you start seeing the Hayride, which is the biggest conservative publication in the state, and Moon Graffon, the statewide syndicated voice of Louisiana, coming together like that, and of course, you know, McKay has been on Moon Show a few times. McKay has been on here uh, with me once, and I'm going to have him on again. When you have conservative outlets and conservative voices working in unison with each other, not all just trying to kind of shout over each other or alongside each other without working together, when they start working together, that's when things can actually happen. In the state, we have how many major newspapers? I mean, you have the, you have the Gannett papers, you have the Advocate papers, um, you have all of these papers and very few actual conservative voices in them. And you need more. But a lot of the papers really aren't interested in it. So the conservative voices out there need to start coming together and working to advance conservative conservatism in the state beyond just their platforms. Multiple platforms need to start working together, and that's how you're going to get effective conservative change in the state. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's something I've, I've kind of discussed with Moon a bit before, and something I've discussed with McKay before. But it really is disappointing just how, in a deep red state like Louisiana, conservative voices actually get drowned out. Because you have... The, the major newspapers of the state that are at times actively working against them, sabotaging them. You have, you know, uh, John Bell Edwards stenographer Tyler Bridges constantly writing things attacking Republicans. You have Stephanie Grace. And you have all of these writers at the Advocate Papers who are doing so much to try to fight against Republicans and they become the voices in the state that tell you what to think about Republicans. In a conservative state, you have these left-wing voices that are dictating the talking points. Greg Hilburn's not perfect. He's a little bit better. But at the statewide level, you don't have any mainstream conservative voices because those outlets don't want mainstream conservative voices. And we see the same thing at the national level. Why do you think CNN's ratings are in the, are in the tank? 
They don't have real conservatives on there. They don't even have real moderates on there, to be honest. What CNN and these other outlets have, they have people who say just enough of the things they like and things that fit into caricatures. That's all they want. You don't get real voices there. And here in Louisiana, we need to start seeing those conservative voices start banding together a little bit more. When I started writing at Red State, not too long after that, Scott McKay reached out to me and said, hey, do you want to start writing at the Hayride? And I haven't, in, I haven't written consistently there in years. I need to start doing so again. Because I want to work alongside the conservative voices at the Hayride. I want to work alongside the conservative voices here on KPL. McKay's let me write for him. Moon's let me sub in for his show. I want to see the conservative voices across the state start working together because we need to do a better job of pushing conservatism in the state and do a better job of pushing the ideology, not just that we believe in, but that the state consistently votes for and never gets. We never get the representation that we're voting for because the only choices on the ballot tend to be people who want the name and want the power and want the elected office without doing the actual work that the voters put them in there to do. There's no reason that a Paige Cortez or a uh, Clay Schecksnyder should be in charge of the Republicans in the legislature. No reason at all. The Republicans have the numbers, but they will not put actual Republican consciousness into seats of power. But when you get a platform like McKay's, teamed up with a platform like Graffon's, and you get those voices working in unison and they start getting louder and they start getting even more powerful in the state, you start to affect real change. Because now it's not just a bunch of disjointed voices, now it's a harmony. And you can see things a lot more clearly. And you can hear the good ideas a lot more clearly. And you know what? McKay and Moon and me the other voices in the state, we will disagree on things. McKay's got a column out today. He's against Cassidy um, donating money to Jennifer Strahan. I'm sure Moon probably feels the same way. But we agree on the basics. We agree on the principles that Louisiana can be a better state if the right ideas are followed, the conservative ideas are followed. And that's what we need more of. We need more of those voices working in unison. My voice will continue working in unison with the rest of the conservatives in the state in 23 hours when I come back for the Joe Cunningham Show. In the meantime, check me out on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Check out the podcast version of the show wherever you get your podcasts, and I'll talk to you guys again real soon.